You are now listening to The Shyest Podcast, when millions of opinions just aren't enough. Colts took care of business against the Jets on Thursday night, and that means it's time for the Pick'em Show. Welcome back to another edition of the Pick'em Show. It's week nine. We're going to do this show... As quickly as we can, because we're a little pressed for time. But looking back at the Thursday night game, we didn't get to see all of it. Uh, we had a concert at the Greek. Krong Ben! <laughs> uh, love them. Great show. Anyway, it was 28-7 when I stopped watching at halftime. I know that Mike White had been injured. I don't know if he came back in that game. Maybe I'll just dabble a little bit and look. Um, Colts did what they were supposed to do, though. You know, in a in a game where I figured that they were still a level ahead of the Jets. No, White left. So it was 7-7 when White got hurt, and then the Colts pulled out to a huge lead. And it looks like uh, Johnson brought him back in it. Josh Johnson, he's been around the league, but... Ended up having a, a a decent game overall. I mean, it was it was a lot of garbage time, but still threw for three seventeen and three touchdowns. So I don't know if you if you picked him in like daily fantasy leagues, uh, he balled out. But Jonathan Taylor did what he's supposed to do. Looked a little scary there with a knee injury uh, near the end of the first half. Uh, he got hit kind of like on a goal line carry. And then he didn't come back into the game while I was watching. But he ended up running. uh, He had 19 carries for 172 yards and two touchdowns. (laughs) And he tacked on a couple of catches for 28 yards. So he's the man. He's the only guy on my fantasy team that's doing anything. So he has to keep me afloat. Really good week for him. So I started off nicely. And Carson Wentz played well. Didn't make the terrible decision. Uh, almost did. He had one of those plays again where it's like he's in the grasp and he's just refusing to let the play die. And it was dangerous, but uh, he got rid of it and he didn't end up getting picked. He went 22 of 30 for 272 and three touchdowns. I figured the Colts were the better team. I picked the Jets to cover and maybe had White played, they would have covered because it was 7-7 at that point uh, when he hurt his wrist. Sucks for him. Uh, you know, he worked hard to win that Bengals game. And uh, he played well in the game before that against the Patriots. So, bummer for White. But we got to move on to the rest of the games. And uh, here we go. Yeah, babe. What's the first game on deck? The first one is Browns at Bengals. Did we see them play earlier in the year? They did. I think the Browns edged them out in like week two 
Uh, yeah, I feel like it was early on. Yeah, it was a close <clears throat> game. Am I, no, am I crazy? That game didn't happen, no. So what am I... I don't know. I That's usually a happened. Thursday night game. I thought it happened, too. I guess it's a, a different reality. But we both thought this in a different reality. What's yeah, happening? Apparently. Was it last year? The maybe? Browns played the Chiefs, the Texans, the Bears, the Vikings, the Chargers, the Cardinals, the Broncos, and the Steelers. They have yet to play the Bengals. Although they played them in a couple of close games last season. Um, this is an interesting game because Beckham is essentially no longer part of the Browns. Uh, I don't know if the release is official yet, but he won't be playing for them. They do have Nick Chubb back, and I think what we saw last season was that when Beckham went down with injury, the Browns got better. And I think all it did, it, was, it streamlined how Cleveland plays football. It's like it, it reshaped their identity into like, we are a run-first football team. We're not really interested in throwing the ball to Beckham, you know, 10 times a game. So... I don't know why they brought him to Cleveland in the first place, other than I think they had some faith in Baker Mayfield that, like, this is going to be a, a passing heavy attack. But, you know, with the kind of running backs they have and the kind of defense that they have, that was just never realistic. So Cleveland can definitely win this game against Cincinnati. I mean, I think Cincinnati showed against the Jets that, like, they're still a young team that, you know, isn't a polished elite level veteran team that wins the games that they're supposed to win and that's a problem when you're playing a division rival that knows you really well and the Bengals are totally capable of winning this game too um i think they played them close must have been last year then i it swear was, yeah. this game happened well they played year. a thursday game last year where it was like 35 33 or something like that 35 32 so both teams scored uh, it was before Burrow got hurt. It was like in the first month of the season. Uh, and they look, they look decent. I mean, these teams know each other well. The, ba <clears throat> the Bengals offense, sorry, the Bengals offense is a little bit more uh, explosive than Cleveland's, but Cleveland's got the better defense. And if their defense plays up to snuff, then they could make it difficult on Cincinnati to like move the ball consistently. And I think both of these teams are well, the, now the the Browns are four and four, Bengals are five and three. So this is a game where Cleveland can definitely get back in it with a W. It's important for them to do that. Uh, they definitely need it more than the Bengals do right now. So I would think they're gonna give it everything they got. I don't know how Baker's shoulder is. I don't even know that he's the better quarterback between him and Joe Burrow at this point. Uh, it's just who's going to be able to play smash mouth football and control the pace of that game. And if the Browns can play defense and control the run game and control the clock and all that, they're going to have a good chance. But you saw what Cincinnati did to the Ravens in a game where they were losing, I believe, 17-13 early in the second half. It was tied 13-13 at the half, something like that. And... The Ravens scored early in the second half or right before halftime to take the lead. And then the Bengals just absolutely swallowed them in the second half. And I think the final was 41-17 in that game. So the Bengals can play against a good defense, against a team that likes to run the ball. 
And the Bengals have been at the bottom of this division for so long, like they understand what all these other teams like to do. I mean, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Browns, they're all smash mouth, defense, run the ball football teams. And the Bengals are the antithesis of that, but they do run the ball well, and they just have more explosiveness than all these other teams for the most part. So I don't know. That's going to be a good game. It's a coin toss. I don't think it's as one-sided as people may think uh, with the Bengals being the superior team at this point. All right, moving on. Moving on. Broncos at Cowboys. That's an interesting one. Well, you know I don't like the Broncos, but they did end their losing streak. They got a win. I actually picked them to win that game, so... The Broncos aren't as bad as their losing streak suggested, but they weren't as good as their win streak suggested either. If Prescott doesn't play... Is he still questionable? I think he is still questionable with the calf injury. Uh, He had the extra week. Let me see if I can find it quickly. Don't you like how unprepared I am for this? Yes. We We need toasts. He's not listed... He's not listed as questionable anymore. I know. That would be nice if Toast was just sending me the injury reports. But usually <laughs> I, I do my deeper research when I write the the article, not when I hop on and talk about it. <laughs> I, I'd like to be less prepared for this. Okay. <laughs> that uh, works. So you got Cooper and Lamb, both questionable. Uh, Gallup's designated, I think, to come back this week, but we'll see if he actually does. Zeke... Looks good. Prescott looks good. So I don't see any reason why Dallas doesn't win that game. It's in Dallas. Denver just got rid of their best defensive player in a trade to the Rams. So I think they're at least to some degree understanding of their situation, that they're not a good team, and that really their playoff hopes are pretty slim. So they're just going to try and, you know, tread water the rest of the season but there's nothing to make me think that denver is going to win that game i just I, I don't see it it's possible they would have to come out and play really well and dallas take them lightly too lightly yeah it's possible that dallas doesn't think they're any good and denver just shows up on the road as massive underdogs and after trading Von Miller, it's like they really don't have anything to lose because their franchise is telling them, like, hey, you're a franchise player. We just got rid of him. So we don't believe in you guys as a team. So that, that comes with a certain level of freedom. Uh, but if if the Cowboys are good, which I think they are, they have to handle business in the games that they're supposed to win. And being 6-1 and one, and with the... Packers potentially dropping a game this week, and the Cardinals also potentially dropping a game this week. Dallas could take over first with a win. And the team has showed that they're capable of winning these types of games. They won that one that they really got themselves in some hot water in New England. Uh, They won that game uh, that was a struggle for them on the road uh, against the Chargers. And looking back on that week one game, like they almost beat the Bucks. Dallas is good. They're legitimately good. The Broncos are not. Anything can happen, but Dallas should win this. Yeah, they should. They should, and they should. They should win it comfortably. Moving on. 
Texans at Dolphins. Ooh. Hey, Brett, what do you think of this game? It's the shits. That's a terrible game. <laughs> it, I mean, it's two of the worst, two of the three worst teams in football. I don't know if that's accurate, though. Like, because the Dolphins have just had some tough luck. Like, the Dolphins, it shows the kind of organization and leadership they have. And, like, I actually like Blunt, Brian, I like Brian Flores as a coach. But something's, something's wrong over there, you know. This whole the fact that they were even in the conversation for the Deshaun Watson deal, I think really hurt them as a team because you're telling Tua who you drafted to be the guy who you gave the reins to over Ryan Fitzpatrick after Fitzpatrick took you on a three game win streak. Like, how good did you have to think Tua was at the time to bench your starting quarterback who had won three games in a row and got you guys back on track? in route to a 10 and six season you bench him and then you go with Tua Tua takes you the rest of the way and you just narrowly miss the playoffs in a end of the season shellacking and then this season nothing's going right Tua gets hurt in week two uh the offensive line looks like garbage in front of Jacoby Brissett and he's getting hit all the time the run game just isn't there uh I think Devontae Parker's out now too so it's like their best receiver's not playing they're a mess. And what I was saying was that, that you know, the kind of leadership from the top down to, to float the idea of bringing in Deshaun Watson to take over for Tua, it just it sent the wrong signals to that whole team. It, you know, it told them that like our leadership at the very tip top doesn't believe in our coach coaching our, our new starting quarterback. And then the coach, his hands are kind of tied because that's a GM's decision. But he's got to let like his guy know that, hey, you may you may not be our guy, but I'm going to ride with you until the wheels fall off. And now they're stuck at one and seven and their season's over. They're not making the playoffs. So best they can do is play spoiler. Um, and they, you know, they might even not have a win right now if it weren't for that. Uh, I think there's a fumble in the Patriots game in week one where they hung on and won by a point. It's a tough position for Miami. I don't think they're as bad as their 1-7 record. I've seen them play some close games against good teams. You know, they hung tough with Buffalo uh, up until the second half started. And then once the second half started, like, the Bills just showed that they're the better team. But the Dolphins have athletes. They have a reasonably good defense. They just need to get it figured out on offense. They need to rebuild the offensive line is what it is. Like, if they can't run and their quarterback's getting hit, it's going to be bad news because... You saw in the Bills game, they tried to speed the offense up, and Tua was getting the ball out of his hand on all these short throws. And it's like, yeah, that's great, but you're not converting first downs on these like two, three yard completions. Because even if you complete three of those in a row, that's still your punting on fourth down. So they're going to have to find a way to change that. Maybe the Texans is the right recipe for that. But I don't know. I heard rumors that Tyrod is coming back uh, this week. I don't know that that's 100% true, but I think he's designated to return off IR. Uh, he's listed as the QB1 right now, and it's it's so weird that, you know, they, they look like a reasonably good team with Tyrod Taylor. And if Tyrod is starting and he's healthy, they can win that game. It's just that they've... 
had a ridiculously hard schedule for a team that's not particularly good. It's like they played Cleveland. They lost that one. Uh, they played Carolina at the time where Carolina was undefeated. Then they played the Bills. Then they lost to New England and almost won that game. Uh, and New England showed that they're pretty good. They got the loss to the Colts, the loss to Arizona, the loss to the Rams. Like, if you look at quality of competition, the Texans have played, like, a lot of the best teams in the league so far. And Miami hasn't. Uh, so... I think this is a game where the Texans can win. And if Tyrod plays, I'll probably pick the Texans. Although he hasn't played in a while. I don't know. I think the Texans are finally going to catch a break playing a team that's like on their level. (laughs) Yeah, but what does that say if this is the only winnable game for them? Yeah, I mean, the Texans go right back to play Tennessee. And then they get the Jets, then the Colts again, then the Seahawks. Uh, Jags, Chargers, Niners, Tennessee. So it's like, yeah, the Texans' schedule is ridiculous. Yeah. They're, you know, they'll be lucky to win four games, but of those four games, this is one of them that they could win. Yeah. And I'll always cheer for Tyrod, so. Of course. I mean, Dolphins are very heavily favorited. Is that the right word? Favored. Favored. (laughs) Can you edit that out? I could, but... The Dolphins are very heavily favored. Gotcha. <laughs> In the like, Yahoo app, at least. Yeah, because you look at it like the Dolphins have played well against some good teams, and you just you think the Texans suck. But I don't know. They're both similarly in a just a bad spot, where they're probably realistically better than 1-7 teams, but you're only as good as your record, so. Moving on. What's next? Moving on is Falcons at Saints. Ooh, division game. No Jameis Winston. I don't know what's going on with Taysom Hill. I think Trevor Simeon's going to get the start in that game. Really? Uh, but the Falcons are a hot mess, too. They're so bad that their star receiver just stepped away from football. I don't know the details, so I don't want to you know, vilify him or anything. He's looking out for his mental health. I have no problem with that. But the Falcons are the kind of organization that are going to make you question your mental health. I mean, don't get me started on mental health. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The Falcons, I mean, it's a division game. They can hang tough and Kyle Pitts is starting to shape into that, uh, star that they thought he was when they drafted him but it's basically like him and then no running game so it's like what are you gonna do throw the ball to him 25 times and then hope Cordero Patterson cracks off a a few big plays like (sighs) Russell Gage has not played well even in Ridley's absence uh so like I, I don't know I would have to watch them play a little bit more closely but you know my disdain for choosing the Falcons um same the Saints are the better team even banged up even shorthanded at quarterback, I think their defense is much better than the Falcons. And they still have Kamara. So they're still going to be able to dictate the pace at which the game is played. And, uh, yeah, I I can't pick the Falcons in that game. I mean, I can't either. They've yeah, screwed me over all year. Yeah. 
I know the feeling. <laughs> that was last season. It's like Falcons, yeah, pick them to win, pick them to win, pick them to win. Then it's like, oh, the fourth quarter rolls around. It's like, oh, they're giving up 25 fourth quarter points every week to lose. And I was just like, this is heartbreaking. So I stopped dealing with the Falcons. Yeah. Anyway, Saints are the better team anyway. They are. They should win that game. And especially after beating the Bucks, like they just have to realize that the Bucks have a bye week now too. So if the Saints win, they're legitimately in first place in the division because they'll catch them on record and they'll have the tie break. So you got to beat the bad teams in order to make your record back. What's the record right now for Saints? I think they're five and two and the Bucks are six and two in the bye. So if they win, they're six and two and they have the tiebreaker over the Bucks, mm. which wouldn't be too dissimilar from last season where the same thing happened and then they met in the playoffs and the Bucks are like, ah, yeah, you thought you guys were going to beat us, right? Whoopsies. <laughs> so Saints moving on. What's next? Um, Raiders at Giants. Interesting game. Raiders are going through a lot of shit off the field, so... That's for sure. West Coast team heading to the East Coast for the morning game. Always tough anyway. The Giants, despite basically having no starters available (laughs) in their skill positions, have still managed to hang tough and get some awkward games in there. Like, they almost beat the Chiefs. I think they lost 17-20. to Uh, Monday Night Football in a game where they were shorthanded again. They're on the road in primetime playing the Chiefs. And they mostly kept the Chiefs offense in check. And they managed to uh, hold Kelsey in check. And now they're playing another team where they're tight end dominant. Uh, The Giants have a chance in this game. I might actually take the Giants. I know this is a game where Toast is going to take the Giants. Yeah. So maybe Toast and I go down in flames together. It's like other other than that, I think the Raiders are better and should win, but it's not as one-sided of a game as their records would suggest. And it's one thing to have your coach, you know, resign due to some scandalous emails and some bad PR. It's another thing to have your teammate uh felony DUI kill somebody and be faced with that leading up to a game and it's like there's only so much a team can take and I'm sure they want to go out there and play but I don't know there's just there's a bad energy around that team right now it's like it's almost like putting a football team in Vegas was a terrible idea (laughs) I mean how do you wrap your head around that as a team to not let that affect you in some way or another especially with cars speech this week yeah and i mean at the risk of being vilified myself for for what it's worth like i don't think Derek carr was wrong to say what he said but it just you know at least in the clip that i saw he kind of missed the mark in terms of having sympathy for the people that needed sympathy in the situation uh, I like I said, I only saw that small clip where he's saying that you know Henry Ruggs, who was the driver of the vehicle that was going 156 miles an hour and crashed into some poor young woman and killed her and her dog. 
uh, Derek Carr came out and said, basically, Ruggs needs someone to care about him right now. And even if nobody else will do it, I'll do it. And, hey, you know, like, people need friends like that. Because life is rough. And I understand that, you know, everybody makes mistakes. Not everybody's mistakes result in someone's death. So just equating the two isn't quite cut and dry like that. But I understand where Carr's coming from. It's like, this is my friend. My friend did this horrible thing, but I'm not going to just be, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to unfriend them because of that, because he needs me to be his friend now more than ever. And, you know, I can't, I can't say I disagree with that. I just, I didn't hear the, the part before that where he maybe said, you know, something about like, I'm so sorry for what happened to this woman. And I'm sure he said all those things too, because like, he's not completely tone deaf. Um, but why are they not showing that part? I don't know, because I saw the video on Twitter and people's attention spans are short. <laughs> I mean, that's true, but... So I think, I think it's just a lot to deal with, right? Uh, I think it's more than what was going on with the coaching situation. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go out on a limb and I'm going to say I like the Giants in this game to get it done at home in that morning slot. I think Saquon's coming back to... Kadarius Tony's supposedly going to be back. Uh, so there's some positives, at least, for the Giants offense that's really struggled. Uh, great. Sterling Shepard's still back out. Galladay is questionable. So who knows? You never know what players are going to be available for the Giants. Um, but they play hard. The defense is playing better. I don't know. What's it's going to be an interesting one. Yeah. Actually. It'll be interesting. I'll be curious just to see, like, if the Raiders show up with, like, any energy whatsoever. Because it's like they still have to play. Yeah. I mean, I would think it could either. Obviously, I don't think there's a gray area on this one. They're either going to go out and really try and, like, make a stance. Or they're going to just completely bomb. I don't think there's going to be, like, anywhere in between. Okay. It's reasonable because it's like say that rugs had been like felony speeding and like he died himself in that car accident right then there's a lot of emotions to process and it's like we're really sad that our teammates gone and it's like maybe we just want to go out there and win for him but that's not what happened you know this is like our friend killed somebody right and that's that's a lot to deal with yeah and you know sometimes life supersedes football mm -hmm. <laughs> i mean we see it with ridley right something's going on and he has to take a leave because of mental health so it's not unheard of yeah and for the they're still humans yes for the record life always supersedes football but <laughs> you sure saying, about that <laughs> in terms of like hierarchy of preparation right yeah like yeah. So sometimes you're able to block out some stuff that's going on and just like focus on your job and sometimes there's some stuff that happens that doesn't make that so yeah so we'll see we'll see moving on um patriots at panthers hmm. road game new england's looked a lot better since a little like early stumble 
That win over the Chargers was impressive. I mean, they ended up only winning by three, but they did have control of that game down the stretch for most of it. I think they were winning by two scores late. Um, again, I should probably... Have this handy? Yeah, I mean, it's not that unhandy. I can look at it. Uh, let me see. Let's see. Uh, no, they were down by a point at the half. They did take a late lead, and then the Chargers took it back. But they uh, they pick sixth Herbert, and then they didn't look back after that. So, yeah, to all my uh, Charger friends on Twitter, like you guys still believe that Herbert is the best quarterback in football. And I, I don't mean to throw shade. I mean, this was a conversation that we were having in week one where it's like, I don't feel like he was the best quarterback in football. Like, he played a really good game against what turns out to be a defense that's not good at all. So they elevated him like, oh, yeah, he played really good against the Washington defense. And then it's like, yeah, well, look at the Washington defense the rest of the season. Like, that win did not age well at all. Um, and now, like, they've lost a couple of bad games where Herbert hasn't really played well. He didn't play horrible in this game at all, but like that's a costly interception, and it wasn't his only interception of the game either, so I do still like the kid. He's a good player, but you know, the growing pains in the NFL of going from a losing team to a 500 team to going to a legitimate playoff contender to championship aspirations, like that's a it's a steep growth curve. And uh, I don't know that the Patriots are significantly better than the Panthers. Actually, let me erase what I just said. <laughs> I do think the Patriots as a organization are significantly better than the Panthers. Talent-wise on the field, I don't know. They, the Patriots made all those off-season signings that really bolstered their roster. And I just don't know what's going on with Carolina. They, they also ended their losing streak and picked up a, a win that they needed to get back to 4-4 four and four in that division with a win over none other than the stupid Falcons. Um, but to me, that's not nearly as impressive as a win as what New England did. So I'd like to say that I think the Patriots are better. Belichick is going to have the defense keyed in against whoever's quarterbacking Carolina this week. Um, Darnold's still questionable. Are they using three different quarterbacks right now? No, they only have two on the active roster right now. So if Darnold doesn't play, it'll be P.J. Walker. And I think either of those guys, like Darnold has a history of playing against New England, but also not playing well. So he's seen them a lot coming from the Jets, but that means they've seen him a lot too. Yeah, I gotta go New England here. Andrew will be happy. Not that he listens to the show, but he'll be happy. Moving on. Bills at Jags. Bills. <laughs> go Bills. Bills by a billion. Revenge for that playoff loss from 2017. Enough said. I mean... It's the Jags. How are they gonna beat the Bills? Yeah... I mean, they're in South Florida. Maybe it's really hot and gross for some reason, and the Bills get, like, sleepy. <laughs> <clears throat> but realistically, yeah, the Bills are significantly better than the Jaguars. 
we saw what happened when the Jags played a, a actually good team in Seattle that just is underperforming and struggling with the defense. But in terms of like playing a good organization, like they went on the road to Seattle and got their asses kicked. I mean, I you know you could see that coming, even though Seattle's not that good. It's like there's levels to it, and the Jags are still. The Jags are like, they finally like cracked open the basement door and they can like see out of the basement, but they're in the basement still. So, Bills by a billion. I, I don't even think James Robinson's playing. So, injury? Yeah, he hurt his ankle or foot or something mm-hmm. in the last game. So, you know, Carlos Hyde was on my watch list, but didn't actually get him. I'm hoping that Diggs has a big game. Yeah, it should be an interesting one. Yeah, all right. Bills. Go, Go Bills. Bills. Moving on. All right, up next is the Vikings at Ravens. Well, you know the Ravens definitely want to get one back after that loss at the hands of the Bengals. They beat the Chargers. <laughs> But the Chargers haven't shown to be <clears throat> exceptional at this point either. Um, and the Vikings are one of those weird teams that it seems like they show up and they win the games that they're supposed to lose. And they lose the games they're supposed to win. Like at home on what is Sunday, Monday night against Dallas with no Dak Prescott. It's like you're a sub-500 team, your season, your playoff hopes are kind of like hanging in the balance, and your opponent's starting quarterback isn't playing, and you go out there and you can't even score. Like, I know Dallas has a good defense, but that's a game that Minnesota has to win, and they lost. So, the Vikings are just that team this year. I mean, they were this team last year, too, where... They seem to lose all of the important games, and then they made a run late to try and make a push. But for the most part, I don't know. I gotta, I gotta think the Ravens are better. Um, but that means the Vikings are probably gonna find a way to win this stupid game. I mean, Ravens are highly favored, though, and. Let me see what this Do I play Cousins and Thielen? I don't know. I wouldn't handcuff those guys together. It seems like a dangerous play. Let me see. Yeah, the Ravens are favored by six. And, I mean, it makes sense in the fact that just the Vikings don't score. Like, considering their offense, they don't score. And everybody was super high on Kirk Cousins after the first month. Like, he's playing so well. And, like, everyone... All, all the Vikings fans I talked to on Twitter were just finally able to say that like all that criticism has been like unfair but it's like look at them now this team does not score points i don't know what it is about them but they have serious struggles and i don't know if it's the defenses they're playing or their offensive system it's like they they put up a, a lot against carolina they scored 34, but then against the Cowboys, 16. Against the Lions, 19. Against the Browns, 7. But then the first three games of the season, they scored basically 30 a game. So, it's just... 
they're super hard to predict. They are. They're not the same consistent team we saw like three, four years ago when I first started fantasy. Yeah. So, I don't know. I'm going to have to side with the coach and the team coming off the bye week at home. I'm going to have to side with the Ravens. I think the Vikings could probably keep it close if they can score. But if they're in the tank and they're putting up 16, they're not going to cover. What's... I, the Ravens are going to hang twenty mid twenties at least on them. So figure twenty three to twenty eight is probably where I'd expect for the Ravens to be in that game. Um, but the Vikings defense is really beat up too. So what's the spread for this? Six. Hmm. Six point spread with an over under of fifty. So they think it's going to be fairly high scoring. So you're looking at like a twenty seven twenty three game which would have the Vikings covering. So I could see that happening. <sighs> yeah, I just, I don't trust the Vikings is what it is. I trust the Ravens a lot more. Yeah. And I'm when torn. it comes down to it, the Ravens will have the best player on the field. And that always goes a long way. It'd be one thing. It's like, cause Dalvin Cook is the best player on Minnesota. But he doesn't get to touch the ball every single time. Lamar touches the ball every time. Well, they've got to figure they've got to plan for Cook trying to have the ball as much as possible. So the Ravens defense going to be able to shut that down? Uh, I mean, a lot of teams have shut Cook down. I mean, maybe it's their offensive line. I don't know what it is, but it seems like... They're more of a pass identity team than they are a run identity team. And what really makes Cook valuable is his ability to catch the ball at the backfield. And if you can limit his run production and force them to throw it, it's like I don't know if they're having an identity crisis or what, but it just seems like part of the time they want to be like the Kirk Cousins show and throw the ball, have him throw it for 300 yards. But maybe that's been because they haven't been able to run as successfully as they like and their defense isn't as good as they thought it was going to be. So I have to take Baltimore here at home. All right, what's next? Um, Chargers at Eagles. You know, three weeks ago, I would have thought the Chargers are going to walk right through the Eagles, but I don't know that that's the case anymore. West Coast team headed east. Morning game, I think. Uh, or is that an afternoon game? Let me see if I can find the time slot for that game. That is a... It's an afternoon game, so it's not as bad for the Chargers. I've got to think the Chargers are the better team. But the I Eagles mean, might have the better defense there at home. I don't think this is a walk in the park for the Chargers at all. I don't think so either at this point. I mean, the Chargers, I mean, I would like this to be a walk in the park. I need Eckler to go crazy. Yeah, I could use a big day from Mike Williams, although he's vanished. <laughs> he, he had like a knee injury, which took him out of the one game. And then uh, ever since then, it's just been a little weird like he hasn't done anything the last couple games 
And so you're looking at like offensive production, you're getting way more out of the quarterback position from Herbert than you are from Hertz, but Hertz also leads the Eagles in rushing. Uh, he's got more rushing yards than Eckler does. So the Chargers have to kind of plan for that. And Mike Williams is still the Chargers' leading receiver, despite really not having done anything the last couple of weeks. By week included, but his last two games were not the kind of, like, monstrous games he had early. Yeah. Where it looked like they were going to be able to just, like, throw one-on-one -on -one balls to him all season. So teams have started to figure out their offense. Uh, Herbert's throwing some picks. I don't know, this is a tough game to call. I want to say the Chargers, but like if the Eagles win this game, I would be like, yeah, I should have picked the Eagles. So I don't know. I don't either. It's a hard game. I know like Sanders isn't playing. The running back by committee thing in Philadelphia may not work so well against a team that isn't uh, the Lions. Yeah, the Chargers are not the Lions. So let's not get it twisted. I mean, the Eagles looked really good smashing a terrible team but when you look at what they did on offense like their offense wasn't overwhelmingly good they scored on a lot of short yardage uh drives so they converted where they were supposed to but it's not like they were moving the ball up and down the field against the lions with ease it was like they just took advantage of situations which a good team should do but Ugh. four and three against three and five these teams are in the same ballpark. The Eagles are winless at home, though. Interesting. So it doesn't necessarily mean that that's going to hold serve in this case, but... This season only or from last year, too? Um, no, it's just this season. But what you see here is... Oh, nice. This is a nice little overview here. I don't have to go into detail. So <laughs> uh, it's basically a pick -em game according to ESPN's Power Index. And you have Justin Jackson, Asante Samuel, Michael Davis all out for the Chargers. And J.J. Arcega-Whiteside is out at receiver for the Eagles. Chargers are favored by a point and a half. Uh, neither team has really been spectacular against the spread. So this really is about as coin tossy of a game as you could get. So I don't have a coin on me. Alexa, flip a coin. Eagles or tails? Listen, it's tails. Oh, eagles. <laughs> Alexa says eagles. Well, Alexa says tails, and I gave the eagles tails. Um, all right, we'll see if that holds up. All right. Does that mean you're going to pick eagles? Uh, maybe. Moving on. <laughs> all right. Packers at Chiefs. Oh, boy. No this Rogers. is the, the Aaron Rodgers list. Packers, thanks to the COVID sitch in Green Bay. I listened to Aaron Rodgers' interview that he did on the Pat McAfee show. And it's funny because the people that want to champion him for this have. The people that want to vilify him for this have. And looking at like the comments that are on the YouTube video versus the comments that people have posted on Twitter, it's like the exact opposite because probably the people that are commenting on YouTube are followers of the show. So they support what's going on anyway. They're used to seeing Aaron Rodgers on Tuesdays, So they have his back. Right. Um, 
without getting into it in too much detail, I would say that I agree with Aaron Rodgers on some things, like autonomy over his body, like the kind of laughable measures the NFL has put in place to deal with the current COVID situation. Um, but there's also this like sense of entitlement that he has that for some reason he doesn't think he has to adhere to the, the rule set that was agreed to by the players association. Um, he says he didn't lie about getting vaccinated, but then he admittedly sidestepped the question and said he was inoculated or immunized. It was the word he used. Um, so when he initially got asked the question, I think it was back in training camp, he said, yeah, I've been immunized as a response to, have you been vaccinated? So he wanted it to be his own personal decision to talk about this. And he didn't want to be the face of it. But then he goes on the Pat McAfee show with like a 30 minute long prepared statement where he's reading from a script and the host of the show is like, thank you for coming on here and, you know, bearing your soul to us. And it's like, dude, he's reading off a prepared statement. And then you have Aaron Rodgers saying that he spoke to, quote unquote, medical individuals, uh, consulted doctors, spent all this money in the offseason to do research and to basically petition his case for homeopathic medicine as his defense to COVID to see if he could get an exemption from the league to be on that list. He also said he has an allergy to the mRNA vaccine, um, but he's willing to disclose that he has an allergy, but not to what ingredient in the vaccine it is. And then he spent all this money on doctors and medical individuals, medical professionals to do all this research for him. And he supposedly has like a 500 page document that he's read and he's done all his own research. But then when it comes down to it, it's like, hey, Joe Rogan, what were what were you doing when you got sick? So it's like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth, honestly. And uh, I mean, like at the end of the day, it is his decision whether or not he wants to get vaccinated. But he's got to follow the rules that are in place for the NFL right now. For not being vaccinated. Yeah. And the the team knew. His teammates knew. The league knew. And he said uh, even reporters knew. It was just that they didn't jump on the story because they needed to wait until basically he tested positive before it, like, before there was a reason to print the story. So, yeah, he's allowed to have autonomy over his body. Good for him. If he thinks the NFL's rules are stupid for this, it's like, if you look at the way they implement the rules, they are kind of stupid. He's not the only player that's, you know, been vocal about this. Um, but at the end of the day, like, you play for an organization that has collective bargaining. The Players Association agree to these rules. These are the rules. You're missing the game, and it is what it is. So, can they beat the Chiefs without Aaron Rodgers? I don't know. I mean, the Chiefs didn't look great against the Giants, but this is an absolute must-win game for the Chiefs, where it's kind of a throwaway game for the Packers. It's like, yeah, they'd like to win, but they're in first in the NFC. The loss isn't going to really cost them too much. Uh, is Love going to be able to beat the Chiefs? And I think the Packers just released uh, Jalen Smith, who they had gotten from the Cowboys, so it's like he didn't even fit in with them, so their defense doesn't really improve. Um, 
I don't know. I've never been a huge Packers fan, never been a big Aaron Rodgers fan. He was one of these guys that got anointed as the best quarterback of all time after one season. Like, it happens a lot, but it's like the dude has won one Super Bowl. Like, chill out, everybody. Um, he's got a great arm. He's a good quarterback, obviously. But he's not going to be involved in this game. Chiefs need it big time. I think Edwards Hilaire is coming back. So I think just desperation facilitates necessity. And the Chiefs have to find a way to win this game. Oh. If Rodgers was playing, I wouldn't even think twice about it. I'd be like, yeah, the Packers will probably kick their ass. But without him, it's just like you don't have the same kind of relationship with Devontae Adams, who's coming back after not playing last week. Uh, I don't know if Lazard is playing. But actually, with this little tool up here, I think I can check it out. He is playing, I think. Lazard? Yeah. Lazarus. Well, the Chiefs, according to ESPN, are 60% favorites. You've got nobody really important missing for Green Bay other than Aaron Rodgers. Oh, Edwards Hilaire is still out. Remmers is out on the O-line, so that's not great. Chiefs being favored by seven seems super generous, considering they only beat the Giants by three. Uh, I, th I think the Packers cover, but I think the Chiefs edge it out at home. They need it too badly. Okay, moving on. Moving on. Cardinals at 49ers. Ooh, that's a good one, because I heard rumors that Kyler is not playing, because he hurt his ankle at the end of that last game. So I'm not 100% sure that he is in the game. And I also heard that Hopkins may be out as well. AJ Green's out. Hopkins is still questionable. Um, but it looks like Kyler will play questionable. He's not listed on the injury report. So... But do they still have until tomorrow to finalize that report? No, the final injury report is due on Friday. Mm. Oh, speaking of Aaron Rodgers, Green Bay Packers quarterback Aaron Rodgers and local healthcare provider end partnership amid COVID-19 vaccination controversy. What kind of partnership did they have? Who knows? He was probably promoting something, but... That was anti-vax? No, he was probably just promoting some sort of like local healthcare service in the Green Bay area or... A hospital or urgent care clinic or something like that where it's just a sponsor for him mm. but then it's like nope that's over big surprise uh anyway side note side note aj green's not playing i don't know hopkins is banged up murray's banged up according to what i heard niners will be without maurice hurst javon kinlaw still on ir d ford is questionable jimmy ward's out at corner, Elijah Mitchell is questionable. Arizona after losing to Green Bay. Niners after winning on the road in Chicago in an interesting game. Niners got to win this game. They're going to have to run the... They have to do exactly what Green Bay did. Pound the run. Make sure that Kyler isn't on the field too often. Force them to make all those possessions count. I mean, the Niners can win. It's only, they're favored by three, which is surprising. Uh, let's see, full injury report. Doo -doo -doo. 
Hopkins questionable. Yeah, Kyler Murray questionable. So they're both banged up. It's not the best news for the 49ers, but... Or sorry, it's not the best news for the Cardinals. But it seems like they're both going to play. Kyler's production offensively has been better than somehow Arizona's split backfield still has more rushing yards. Well, that's not true. Mitchell is slightly ahead of Chase Edmonds, but he's got six more carries for only six more yards. And then you got like Debo Samuel, who's absolutely killing defenses. But we saw what happened with J.J. Watt's absence. It's a must-win game for the Niners. If they're going to stand up and fight for their season, it starts now. It's a division game. If Murray and Hopkins are not at game speed because of the injuries, that's bad for them. I have Kirk, so hopefully, fingers crossed, he steps up and has a good one. I don't know. It, it looks like Arizona's favorite in this matchup, according to ESPN, but... Yahoo has them favored, too. I mean, yeah, in theory, they should be favored, but... The Niners, is, I don't know if Kittle's coming back. I don't see him listed on the injury report of all people. So if the Niners like have their weaponry back and can just play a little defense. Bong. Sorry. It's okay. <laughs> the Niners, it's a winnable game. I wouldn't favor the Niners by three, but it's a winnable game for them. What's next? Titans at Rams. Ooh, the... The King Henryless Titans on the road at the Rams. Gotta favor the Rams here. Have to. I mean, it's a, it's a no-brainer. Is Adrian Peterson going to step in and dominate? It's possible. Unlikely, but it's possible. I hope he does, because I had to pick him up. But the Rams are favored by ESPN. 71%. AJ Brown's questionable. I don't know if Julio's playing. I don't know what's going on with the Titans. It seems like they're injured way too much. Let me get down to Tennessee here. Let's see their full injury report. Titans. Rashawn Evans is out on defense. Henry's on injured reserve. Cameron Batson's on injured reserve. We got a lot of guys on IR. AJ Brown's questionable, but I guess Julio's fine. I think I, yeah, I think I had to sit uh, AJ Brown because of that. But how are they still questionable if the injury reports were due yesterday? Just because that's the final designation is questionable. Oh, I see. Rams are favored by seven here. It could go either way. If the Titans' run scheme is still good and the Rams have given up some uh, ground yards, you know, they're giving up 100 rushing yards a game against a team that's like a run identity team. So the Rams' defense hasn't been what it was. Can the Titans exploit that? Can Adrian Peterson basically coming off the couch exploit that? Don't know. Don't know. Gotta favor the Rams, though. Yeah. I mean, especially without Henry alone. Yeah, and I could use a Rams W in terms of helping the, the Bills, so go Rams. All right, final one. Oh, is it the final one? 
I guess we got there faster than I thought when we came back. What is the last game? Bears at Steelers. Oh. Uh, I mean, two, like, classic franchises, but kind of a clunker to end the week on Monday night. Steelers. Steelers are starting to play better. Bears are spiraling out of control. They went from leading against the 49ers to suddenly almost tying the game, missing an extra point, and then collapsing after the missed extra point. It's like you could see when they missed the extra point, like all the wind went out of the stadium because it was like, oh, this is going to be a tie game. We're going to, all we need is a stop and then we can get the ball and win the game. And as soon as they missed it, it's like everybody knew that, no, we have to get a stop and we have to score again. Like we have to stop them from scoring. It's just like it was a way different vibe when they missed that field goal or extra point, I should say. But both teams are defensive identity teams. I just, I got to trust the veteran quarterback and the playmakers on the Steelers much more. Like, Allen Robinson, who's one of the best receivers in the league, is, like, doing nothing on Chicago. Because Justin Fields, like, throws the ball, like, 15 times. So, it's, like, him running, them running, play defense, field position. But it's, like, that's just a tough kind of game to win against the Steelers team, who's got a better defense and is better at that type of game anyway. And then you're gonna have T.J. Watt out there chasing Justin Fields around. It's been it's been a rough start for Justin Fields. Like they didn't give him a great situation, but they're also telling him they don't really have confidence in him throwing the ball more than a dozen times a game. But he's able to make some plays with his legs. He's kept him in it. He's you know he's kept him afloat. But at what point do you maybe look at Andy Dalton or Nick Foles to go in there? Are the Bears trying to make the playoffs? Like I don't know. I really don't know what the Bears want out of the season. It doesn't seem like they want to win because Field stepped in, won a couple games, and looked like he was going to just like hold serve until Dalton got back. But then it's like, okay, they're winning. The defense is playing good. Like This formula is working to beat subpar teams. And now it's like, okay, when we play like teams that are actual competition, we need to be able to score, and we can't. So... They're going to have to be able to score probably 20 to beat the Steelers. I just don't think that's realistic. I would go Steelers here, too. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't think there's anything else. That's the end of the week. That's Monday night. What do you need to happen in fantasy football? I already got my points out of Jonathan Taylor, so I just got to hope that everybody else just shows up and does their job. I need a week with players avoiding a zero. Yeah. Those zero <laughs> those zeros <laughs> are killer. They're killing me. And they're good players. They're supposed to be high ranked players and they're just not doing much. So I need to get through this week without any zeros. You have a winnable matchup. I don't know. I'm not projected to win. You're not, but it is winnable. There's a difference between not being projected to win and having the matchup be one-sided. You got a chance. Fingers crossed. Yeah. And, and you're, I you're didn't gonna... play anyone on Thursday, so. Yeah, and you're going to have Eckler going head-to-head against Jalen Hurts in that matchup. I think that's going to be the one that determines your matchup. Like, if Hurts goes for, like, 30, 35... It's going to be trouble. And same thing, like, if Eckler goes off and puts up 28, 30. Whoever, 
whoever wins that decidedly. If that's a push, then at least it's like you go to the rest of your matchups and you just see what happens. But if either of those guys dominates that game and the other player doesn't, that'll be trouble. So I don't know. You got to hope for the Chargers defense and positive game script to run the ball down their throats. And probably 10 catches for Eckler and a touchdown plus... You know, maybe 60, 70 yards on the ground and a touchdown. That's what you want. Or multiple touchdowns. Yeah, that would be two touchdowns. Oh, I thought you were saying either or. No, you want that combined. Okay. Yeah, other than that, I don't know. Are you favored to win now with your start? I was favored to win before. Now I'm favored to win by more. <laughs> well, because, yeah, Taylor. But I can't trade him. That's all Let's I can do is... trade. I want Taylor. No, you don't get Taylor. Well, <laughs> give me, you got to have to trade me Eckler and then something else. No, I want to keep Eckler and then gain Taylor. Yeah, well, this isn't going to happen. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You don't have anything else to offer me. Yes, thanks. My team sucks. Thanks for rubbing that in. We have the same record, so both our teams suck. (laughs) But But we're we're both on the playoff bubble, so we just got to make that final push down the stretch. Yeah, but you have more points, so. Yeah. Surprisingly. We're competing for that spot. It's open. We'll see. There's a lot of season left. All right. All right, everybody. Uh, may, your, may your fantasy matchups go well for you. May your teams win. You know, I would rub it in the Jags fans' faces and say, may your teams win except for the Jags, but the Jags aren't going to beat the Bills. <laughs> if they do, I'll be very sad. Yes, it's going to be a rough day. It'll be very disappointing for the Bills because that's a game that when you're a good team, that's a game that you're supposed to win. And the Jags just haven't shown that they have what it takes to beat Buffalo. So even a poor showing from the Bills, they should win that game. All right, everybody. Take care. Happy Sunday. Thank you to everyone who took the time to listen to the episode. I still believe that word of mouth is the best way to help. So if you enjoyed it, please tell somebody. But liking, subscribing, and sharing go a long way, too. The show is an extension of thescheiss.com, and you can contact me at info at or at Scheiss Podcast on Twitter. And until next time, be well, stay safe, and go Bills. <laughs>